Greetings, this is Carl. The need for closure may give us an insight into why we often label people who start things and stop them um, in a negative way, right? Where we also often use words like false step, false start, back slide, you know, back step, um, flip-flop, right? So I've talked about that the last two episodes, and I wanted to tie those two together in this episode. I think it's really interesting when we understand how strong our need is for cognitive closure, right? Like we want the loops closed in our head. We don't need more uncertainty in our lives. And then whenever somebody starts something and then wants to change it, midstream because new evidence came up or they just changed their mind either way we say that like ah that causes a little bit of sort of cognitive expenditure right like we have to to spend cognitive energy on this thing that we thought was done wait wait i thought we already decided you're going to start that thing what you're changing your mind now and that causes us to spend energy right it 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 it, it it can be tiring, tiring on us and tiring on the people around us, particularly on on people in your teams. I want you to think through that. I know I've caused a lot of stress and anxiety and energy with people who've worked for me and my wife on business ideas, right? Oh, I thought we already decided this, Carl. I think a big piece of that is I thought we already decided is a statement of closure. I thought that was already done. I don't want to spend any more time. Oh, it just feels like we're going backwards, like we're never making forward progress, right? Stop, start, stop, start, stop, start. So I think when we understand those two together, we can, as sort of, if you're a card-carrying starter of scary things, you can start to empathize with the people around you who you may be wearing out through your stopping and starting. I'm speaking really personally now, right? The people around you who you may be wearing out, you can start to empathize. So instead of being like, oh, how come nobody understands me? You can start to say, yeah, I know, that must be tiring for you. And by having that conversation and explaining like, no, 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 can I explain to you how this works? I had a business consultant who helped me understand that one of the members of my team who is very kind of task-oriented like to-do lists, wants to check things off and get things done. This consultant, help, and really good at it, helped me understand that when I would sit down and say, hey, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, and we're going to do that, this member of my team, she was making lists in her head. Right? She's really unmoored from this experience, saying, well, what does this mean for me? Oh, geez, is this a bunch of new work? And I needed to learn to say, wait, wait relax, let's back up a bit. I needed to explain what was going on in my head instead of just continually wearing people out. So I needed to back up and say, hey, we're just brainstorming here. Put down the paper. You don't need to take notes. You don't need to make to-do lists in your head. Just relax. I want to walk you through what I'm thinking as if we're going to start it. That's how my mind works. We're going to start this. And I have no problem tomorrow saying, never mind. But for them, right, they've made a whole list. If we don't talk about this, they do have a big problem with never mind. Wait, I thought we decided yesterday, right? So to describe that process to people that you work with, I now want to have a brainstorming session. I'm going to talk as if we're going to do this, but we're not. So could you just just relax? Don't take notes. It doesn't mean anything for you. 
just listen right now because I really value your feedback. And so I want to have this conversation with you, but I also don't want to wear you out and stress you out. Gosh, so important for us to understand how those things work. So this need for closure and how it plays in how we communicate as starters of scary things, how we communicate with those people around us. Incredibly valuable. If you have any tricks for this, any stories of, have you seen this in in your experience? I used to, let me just tell you one more funny story. Um, At one of the big brokerage firms I worked for, I worked on a team and I found out later that a lot of the administrative staff in this office, when the financial advice, like the sort of person running the business, hesitant to call them the boss because they weren't really the boss, but the person running the business, we'd go away to conferences. And apparently when we came home from conferences, the administrative staff had a, had a, um, had a whole system set up where they would say to each other, okay, they're going to come back. And when they come back, they're going to have all these new ideas. And they're going to just want us to change the world. And there's going to be a million new things and a million. Just lay low. I mean, take notes, be respectful, but just lay low. It'll all blow over, right? It will all blow over. So you have to think about the impact that starting scary things has on the people around you. And make sure, look, believe me, this is mainly a podcast to an audience of one, and that's me. If I'm preaching, I'm preaching to myself, right? We have to think about the impact of the people, the impact of starting scary things on the people around us and communicate that effectively, right? And I, I, I wish I'd known this 15, 20 years ago because I, I wouldn't have worn out so many awesome people in the process. So I hope that helps. If you have stories about this, if this is sort of like a light bulb moment for you and you look around and go, oh my gosh, I have been doing that please email me. I want to hear them. Hello at behaviorgap.com. That's hello at behaviorgap.com. Thank you.